Bibles this morning, we're back in the book of James, James chapter number one. We're in the, actually in the last two verses of James chapter number one, and uh, this, these two verses are powerful little verses, and so we're, we're dealing with this matter of living an, an authentic Christian life. And how, how many of you know that what this world needs is some real Christians, uh, people who don't just say they're a Christian, but they really live the Christian life. And uh, that's what the Lord led me to the book of James. And we've just been going through it, studying the book of James. And so look at these last two verses here. In verse 26, the Bible says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, I want you to get a hold of these verses, powerful little verses here, because as James is writing here, talking about this having an authentic devotion, James is writing very clearly about having a genuine Christian faith, uh, not some false faith, He's writing about the fact that the truth is that the Christian life should be lived on a daily basis. It's not, look, we can't just live the Christian life on Sunday because we're at church. We can't just live the Christian life Wednesday because it's midweek service. We have to live the Christian life Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's what James is encouraging us. So folks, as we read, not just here at church, but at home, as we read God's Word, we need to ask God to help us by the Holy Spirit to understand it. What is God saying here as, as we read these verses here about if any man among you seem to be religious? Look, we've always got to look at the Word of God and, and watch this. We need to find the emphasis where God places the emphasis. God, what is it that you're trying to get us... And, and I realize it's a whole chapter here, and it's really a whole book, five chapters. But today, God led us to these two verses. What is it that the Lord is placing an emphasis on? Because I find, even as a pastor, and look, folks, before I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian. But as a pastor, I find that as I read the Word of God, that He uses His Word in my life. And then He takes His Word... And that application that he made in my life, then he wants to use that in the lives of others. He wants that truth to go to others. And so when I came to these two verses, there's one little phrase that I've always looked at and I've always thought about, and look at it again in verse 26. I don't know if you saw it, but it says, if any man among you, notice among you, seem to be what? Now, the word religion, religious, is a Bible word, but a lot of times we don't use that word because, watch this, we're a part of the Christian faith that was once delivered unto the saints by the Lord Jesus himself. Many times, I, I guess I'm guilty of not using the word religion, and here's why, because religion, in many instances, is something that is man-made. It is something that, 
man has come up with, and it's their list of do's and don'ts. Now, we, we understand as a Christian, God's given us His Word. He's given us the Bible. And what we need to do is follow what the Bible says. That's why when people ask me sometimes, I had a person ask me yesterday, she said, well, what kind of church are you? That's an interesting question. Now, most people, even folks that go to our church, would probably answer, we're a Baptist church. But here's what I always say is, we're a Bible church. Because people want to use uh, denominations and labels to divide us. I, I, I was talking to this lady, and, and she said, when I said, uh, I'd like to invite you to Bible Baptist Church, she says, I'm a Methodist. And I said to her, I said, now, if you study out years ago, the Methodists and Baptists were very close in what they believed and what they practiced. I said, but both Methodists and Baptists, there have been factions of both of those that have kind of gone off in different directions. Folks, we don't need to go off in a different direction. We need to just follow the direction that God's given to us. We just need to follow the Word of God. And so what I usually try to do is I brought that lady back around. I said, because I, while I was sharing my, uh, the, the, the gospel with her, I was talking to her about how God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I said, did you hear what the Bible says? It didn't say God so loved the Methodists or God so loved the Baptists. God so loved the world. I said, we have to be careful about allowing certain things. And, and when it comes to religion, many religions today say something like this. You probably heard this statement. Well, all roads lead to the same place. But they don't. Because man-made religion is just that. It's made by man. Well, what does the Bible say? Every man did that which was right in his own eyes right? So here's the statement is, is if there be any among you, now I'd like to think that, and, and by the way, I'm including myself in this statement, I'd like to think that uh, if you think about our church, chances are in a, in a group of people the size of our church, there are some who seem to be religious, you could put on a nice suit, have a nice tie. My daughter asked me, she goes, Dad, where'd you get that suit? I said, out of my closet. You know, she's like, she, she looked at the brand. Brand means nothing to me. You know, as long as it's clean and it fits, I could care less, you know. But you could put on the best suit. You could put on the best dress. You can seem to be religious. There's a lot of people that people think, boy, he's, he's a, he must be a good Christian. She must be a good Christian. You know, he's at church. She's at church. I saw them singing. You know, there's all those things that on the outside that we seem to be religion. What is James getting at? He is, look, it's helping us understand this thought that there are some who are not truly following the Lord. They seem to be religious. So here's what the thought that crossed my mind as I came to verse 26 is this, is that as we think about some truly not following the Lord, what are we talking about? We're talking about hypocrisy. There are a lot of people today that are hypocrites. 
the, the very word means a stage actor. You know, sometimes somebody might, uh, we're getting ready for Easter, we'll, we'll probably have some type of a presentation that we'll do, and we'll have some folks that will, will probably be biblical characters. Well, guess what? They're not John or Peter, but they're, they're acting like or they're pretending to be those individuals. And there's some people who seem to be religious. They're acting like. They, they want people to believe that they are. But look, not everybody is who they claim to be. I read how a, a police officer pulled over a driver and asked the man for his license and registration. And the man said, the driver said, what's wrong, officer? He said, I didn't go through any red lights, and I certainly wasn't speeding. And the officer said, no, you weren't. But the officer said, I saw you waving your fist as you swerved around the lady driving in the left lane. And further, I observed your flushed and angry face as you shouted at the driver in the Hummer who cut you off, and how you pounded your fist on your steering wheel when the traffic came to a stop near the bridge. And the man looked at the officer and he said, is that a crime? And he said, no, but when I saw the Jesus loves you and so do I bumper sticker on the car, I figured the car had to be stolen. Listen, if you're going to tell somebody, whether it's verbally or stick it on your bumper, that you're a Christian, and you're not going to act like one, people are going to think, uh, there's something that doesn't match here. The first hypocrisy that you and I need to deal with is the hypocrisy that we find in our own lives. Is there something in my life that doesn't match what the Bible says a Christian ought to be like. See, there, there is to be a connection, and God's showing us here through James, between our inner man and how we live out that inner man in our visible life. People are watching us. You know what we are? We're a billboard. We're a walking, talking billboard for the Lord. People are watching how we're living our lives, and so the Lord warns us, and here's what he says, if any man among you seems, to be religious. And it's interesting because as he says that, then he gives us, how many of you remember back, some of us are older than others, how many of you remember back to the time when you had to take tests? How many of you liked taking tests? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> My son-in-law's back there going. <laughs> we, we don't like tests, do we? But James gives us three tests here that really help to examine us to find out if there is truth in us or if there is deception in us. Is there hypocrisy in our lives? Jesus said in Matthew 7, beware of false prophets. Listen, there's a lot of people out there that, that can quote scripture, can talk to people about the Bible. But Jesus said, there are many false prophets that are out there. He says they come to you in sheep's clothing. That, look, in the Greek, you know what sheep's clothing is? A suit. Okay? He says they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, under those suits, they are ravening wolves. He said you better be careful. 
There are people out there that are saying they're one thing, but they're totally different than what they're saying. They seem to be religious. They appear to be one thing, prove to be another. Look on there in Matthew 7. Jesus continues in verse 16. He says, this is the words of the Lord. This isn't my words as a pastor. The Bible says, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every, what kind of tree? Good tree bringeth forth what kind of fruit? Good fruit. But a corrupt tree brings forth what kind of fruit? Evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Now look, folks, I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit of God can and the Holy Spirit of God will reveal things that we are not able to see for ourselves. Sometimes there are things in our lives and we just cannot see it if we're staring straight at it. I mean, there have been times where somebody has come to me and have said something to me, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not. No, I didn't do that. No, I didn't say that. When in reality, I did. I was being that way. I was acting that way. It's amazing how we, you know, the, the first step for all of us is admission. We have to admit, I'm not being the Christian that I should be. I'm not genuine, authentic in my devotion for the Lord. Now, look, I know, I know that I'm kind of preaching to the choir this morning because you're in Sunday school, all right? By the way, I'm not against you. I'm for you. I'm just sharing the Bible with you. But there are a lot of people today, and now watch this, and you're going to see this in a couple of verses I'm going to share with you in a minute. This passage and this lesson this morning, it's not so that you can jab your spouse or look at somebody else in your family and go, hey, did you hear what he said this morning? It's for you. It's for me. It's for every one of us. We have to guard ourselves about this matter of seeming to be religious. And there's three tests that James gives to us if we're going to have an authentic devotion. Look at the first one. And I don't know which one of these is any harder than the other I just know their tests, and a lot of times people don't like tests, but here's the first one, write it down, the speech test. The speech test. Boy, the things people say, or how they say it. And I want you to look at verse 26 again, look at it. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his what? tongue, look at the next statement, but deceiveth his own heart. Now look, here's what the Bible's saying. James, in, in, in two chapters over, look at there in your notes in chapter 3, look what the Bible says. My brethren, he's, when, he, when the Bible uses the word brethren, it's talking to what kind of people? Christians. Now watch this. He's speaking to Christians. He says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we... Christians shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in what? 
word. The same is a perfect man and able also to bridle his whole body. You ever said something and you regretted it? You know, many times. And I, I just get so angry at myself sometimes when I say something and I should not have said what I said. And look, it's, it's talking about this matter of control. Look, the, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, word is success, but be filled with the Spirit. You know what that filling is talking about? It's talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to control you. Be filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're not going to say things that you shouldn't say. But when we're full of ourself, our flesh, and watch this, we're seeming to be religious. We're going to spew things out of our mouths that when people hear that, they would think to themselves, boy, he says he's a Christian. I hear sailors down on the dock talk like that. And many times we hurt the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. If our speech betrays what we claim to be, then our speech is evidence against us that we do not have the religion that we claim to have. Jesus spoke about this. Look at Matthew 12 and you're there in your notes. He says again, going back to this matter of the tree and the fruit, either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt for the tree is known by his fruit. Look at the words, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, look back in verse 26 again of James 1, if any man seem to be religious, bridleth not his own tongue, he deceiveth his own heart. The Bible says here, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every, look at that word, idle word. Those are the words we don't even say sometimes. He says, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. That means you're gonna, you and I are going to stand before the Lord, every one of us, and give an account of everything we've ever said. Boy, isn't that convicting. I'm going to stand before the Lord one day and give an account, give an account of the things that I've said. Look, folks, this speech test, it's a serious thing. If we're going to be an authentic Christian, look, we speak things out of our mouths. And what does your or my speech say about our Christian life? Because according to the Word of God, our speech reveals really what's in our hearts. Look at what it says in Luke 6. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceiveth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canest thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that's in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first, first, uh, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull the mote out of thy brother's eye. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Look at the statement, for of the abundance of the heart, his mouth 
speaketh. And then look at the statement Jesus said. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? You remember when Jesus was on trial for the crime that he never committed? Jesus never did one thing wrong. And they were, they were getting closer and closer to the cross. And you remember how Peter, from a distance, warmed his hands at the fire? And they began to accuse and say, you're one of his followers. Remember what the Bible says, that his speech betrayed him. Sometimes we don't have to say much, and it, it automatically is an indictment against us. That we're saying we're a Christian, but we don't sound like a Christian. I love the verse, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Our words must identify with the change that's taken place in our hearts. God clearly makes a connection, watch this, look here, between our mouths and our hearts. There's a connection between our mouths and our hearts. And here's the question this morning is, are you passing the speech test? Look at the second test. Got awful quiet on that one. Here's the next one. The next one is the service test. The service test. Go back to verse 27. Look at this verse. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. Somebody said we could talk the right talk, but not walk the right walk. You know what our goal should always be? God. God should be our goal, and obedience to Him should be our service. That's why James writes here, he says that if our religion is pure, if we are the Christians that we ought to be, then watch this, our service to God would reveal that. Are you serving the Lord? What are you doing for the Lord? All believers are here to minister and encourage other people. Brother Flynn, he's teaching through, and in, in Brother Flynn, I love him, he studies the Word of God, he has spent a lot of time, and, he's, and he, he came to me a while back, as we always talk about what I'm going to be teaching in here, and what he's going to teach in there, and I've always appreciated, as, uh, as he defers to me as his pastor, and Brother Flynn, I asked him, I said, what are you going to teach, what's your next series you're going to teach back there, and he says, I'm going to teach on the, the gates of the city of Jerusalem. Now, most people would never even think about teaching on that. And so this morning, I said, I said to him, I said, hey, what gate you on today? And he goes, the dung gate. <laughs> I said, hey, I think I'm coming to your class today. I said, I just want to hear what, what the discussion is about. I says, and if somebody just starts rambling on in your class, you can just say, hey, it's all dung, you know? Just tell them that, just say it's all dung. And, and, and here's what he says to me. He goes, you know what, Pastor? He says, you know what? I'm going to challenge people in my class today. He said, I'm going to challenge them to serve God. Now, I have no idea how you make the, the connection between dung 
and serving God. But Brother Flynn will make it work, I guarantee you that. Now here's the thing is, folks, is what are we doing for the Lord? How are we serving the Lord? Because he says, pure religion is that believers are ministering. Look at what he says. To visit the fatherless and widows, look at these three words, in their what? Affliction. You know, it's easy to visit somebody when they're having a good day, right? You know, it's easy. Most people, you say, hey, listen, we got somebody in the hospital. Anybody want to go visit them? <laughs> and, and no hands go up. You know, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't like going to the hospital. There's sick people in the hospital. Yeah, people that need somebody to come visit them. There's widows that, that just need encouragement. My wife goes every week to one of our shut-ins. She goes grocery shopping every week. She knows this lady's grocery shopping list by heart. I mean, she knows exactly what this lady likes. And by the way, when I say this lady, I'm talking about one of our faithful church members who can't get out and come to church anymore. Anybody know Betty Beretta? My wife goes every week. Now, she never says a word. She probably is not happy that I'm saying what I'm saying about it. But the truth is, is that that tells me, I already knew this, but that tells me what kind of wife I have. She's authentic. You know, my wife, she, you know, we got no groceries at the house and she'll say, I've got to go shopping for Betty. I'm like, what about Dane? You know, <laughs> but I love that. And look, he says here, visit them in their affliction. Look, there are times, and I, I understand we might think, you know, well, who am I? There are times where people truly need you. Somebody's hurting. You know, I had two people today that came up to me, Pastor, you know, I, I need to talk to somebody. And, and I looked at him and I said, yeah, that's why God gave you a pastor. Now, I don't, look, I don't have all the answers, but I have a book that does. People, a lot of times... Christians, will they, they want to go to the world. They want to go to some, some psychologist or psychiatrist. Listen, when what we need to do is, is go to those that God's put in your life, your pastor and some good Christians that, that are living for the Lord, that are passing the speech test and that are passing the service test and help people. Look, we need to, we need to be people that will go to somebody in their affliction. And they, as we go to them, what, what can we share with them? They need to hear about the love of God. They need to hear that someone cares for them, that someone's praying for them. Look, you need to be the person in the room for that person. You know what you and I just need to do is say, I'll be that person. I've said it many times. Sometimes when I go to make a hospital call or go to a house, I'll never forget when a girl in Bible college, she was dating a guy that was a friend of mine, and he was killed in a really freak accident, but it was the Lord's doing. And I'll, I'll never forget going with her brother to this girl and having to tell her that her boyfriend slash fiance just went to heaven, 19 years old. And I thought to myself, I have no idea what to say. And I didn't. Say, so what'd you do? I was just there. It meant a lot to her that I was there in her affliction. See, that's part of service. 
That's pure religion as God describes it here. In our service to Christ, we need to be demonstrating that we're authentic. And look, we need to make sure that we're passing the speech test. We need to make sure that we're passing the service test. But then there's a third test that James gives us. And look at this one. It's called the spot test. The spot test. You ever got something on your clothes? You know, I, uh, I, I happen to like the color orange. And I, I've got this one polo shirt that I love. And, uh, and the other day I was doing something and I have no idea, but I looked down and there was this big black spot right in the middle of it. And it just, it just I thought, ah. Oh. And my wife says, well, you better take it off and get it in there and get some stains remover on it. And boy, I went in there and I mean, I, I didn't just blob some on there. I mean, I went in, this was my favorite shirt. I went in there and I scrubbed on that thing up and down, back and forth. I went over to the sink and I washed it and I put some more on there and I sprayed some on just to be on there. I mean, I, I wanted that spot gone because I wanted to still wear that shirt. Say, were you successful? Absolutely, that stain's gone. It's not there anymore. You know how God wants us to live? Without spot. Now, are any of us perfect? No. Will we ever be perfect? No. But look what it says in the last part of verse 27. He says, talking about pure religion, he says to keep himself unspotted from the world. Unspotted. You see, God says, look, I want you to live without spot or blemish. If our character becomes questionable, you know, we're talking about hypocrisy, right? If our character becomes questionable, our Christian testimony becomes void. You ever wrote a check and you wrote it for the wrong amount and then you write the big word V-O-I-D on that check, right? And then that check could say $1 million on it, but because you wrote void on it, you couldn't take it to a bank and cash it. They'd say, well, that check's not a good check. It's void. But guess what happens when your testimony and mine when we're, when we're failing at the speech test and we're not doing the service test, guess what happens is our testimony, it's of none effect. We, we could tell people, hey, look, I go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We could tell them, I've got a Bible and I read it from time to time. I mean, we could tell people we pray. We, look, we could even tell people we go out soul winning. But if we are allowing things, blemishes in our lives that we have knowledge of, then our Christian character, our testimony for Christ, it's of none effect. And it, look, we've got to see this. Our, our Christian life needs to be lived above reproach. There are places, folks, honestly, I don't go there. Now, I know this is, this is not popular, but I'll just use this as an example. I, I don't, and maybe some of you do, I don't go to the movie theater. I'm not here this morning to preach against the movie theater. But nine out of ten movies that are showing in a movie theater, a Christian shouldn't watch. Now, you might say, well, there's that one movie. Pastor, it was Bambi, and it was rated G. But look, you and I both know that if people see me walking into a movie theater, they're not going to think, oh, pastor's just going in there to watch Bambi. 
The Bible says to abstain from all appearance. Do you hear what the Bible says? Appearance of evil. See, there's a lot of things that appear. You know, it, look, if I want a pack of chewing gum, I'm not going to go in a bar and buy a pack of chewing gum, right? You go into a bar to drink alcohol. And a lot of Christians, what they do is they, they do things and what causes it, people begin to think, well, you know, I don't really, do you know, listen, unsaved people know how Christians should live. Do you know that? They really do. Unsaved people, you don't have to tell them. They know. They're like, well, I, listen, I don't think, I'm, let me give you a good example. I grew up, this is probably not a good example, but I grew up going to the Catholic Church. And what my fondest memories as a kid was every year they would have a, a large uh, carnival type fundraiser for the Catholic Church. And I remember, and I'm telling you this is a true story. Some of you probably have been there too. I always knew where the priest was. He was always standing at the beer truck with a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand because he knew every member of the church would come to that truck because they came there to get beer while they were there at that carnival. And here, watch this, I grew up Catholic. I grew up in that religion and God, by his Holy Spirit, opened my eyes, and I remember as a kid, as a kid, thinking, that doesn't really line up. Should a priest, a holy person, really be doing those things? Are you, you guys with me this morning? Am I the only one that thinks this way? And I'm going to tell you something, there are people in this world who see you and I doing things or saying things, and here's what they're saying. You know, I, I just, he, he says he's a Christian, but he doesn't sound like one. He's, he's doing something he shouldn't be doing. And folks, we're not just hurting ourselves. We're hurting the Lord. And a lot of it, and here's where we go, and I've, I've read a couple of passages, here's where a lot of us are, is we're so concerned about somebody else, about the board that's in their eye. But we can't see that because we've got a bigger board stuck in our eye. And this morning, here's what God's helping me, and I hope God's helping you understand, is your job is not to worry about the board in your neighbor's eye. It's to worry about yourself. We need to be real, authentic Christians. God expects the believer to live a changed life, to live a life unspotted by the world. Look, it's true. We're in the world, but we don't have to be of the world, right? We can be different. Christians are, are not better than everyone else in the world. We are what we are by the grace of God. That's, that's, that's the truth. And our goal is not, and, and this is... This is where some people live their life as a Christian. Our goal is not to be to live a little better than those who are not Christians. Our lives are to be completely different. You know why? Because of what the Lord's done for us. So here's, here's what James is saying in verse 26. And this is, this is what I hope you got this morning. Our goal is not to 
seem to be religious. Our goal is to have an authentic devotion, to be a real Christian. So I'm not going to ask you out loud, but what would you score on the speech test? What would you score on the service test? What would you score on the spot test? James says, look at it, verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his own tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Let's have an authentic devotion. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd bless each one, Lord. God, may we see the reality of when our speech, our service, Lord, things we do taint our lives, our character, our testimony, which ultimately hurts the cause of Christ. Lord, help us to see in our hearts that out of the heart, things come out of our mouths. Lord, may we check our hearts every day and may everything that comes out of our mouths be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.